Hi everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host, Dr. Shadi Manucheri, and I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Milad Shadru on the show today. You might know Dr. Milad better as the singing dentist. He is very, very active on social media and he's done some incredible things to change the public perception of dentists. So I'm really, really excited to welcome him on the show today and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So I won't go on for too much longer and I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Dr. Milad. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So I'm really excited about today's episode, but I'm a little bit starstruck. So if I make any mistakes or anything, please forgive it because that's that's what it's down to. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please. So uh, I'm a dentist. I qualified in 2004 from Barts in the London um, School of Medicine and Dentistry now with Queen Mary's and everything else. So um, yeah, I, I kind of do general dentistry. I've focused a bit more on the kind of cosmetic stuff uh, for the past, since about 2012, I'd say. So the last like nine years, I guess. I've been mostly concentrating on cosmetic stuff. Um, I've got a clinic in Basingstoke in Hampshire. It's a mixed practice. Uh, I took over there. It's actually my first ever job from uni. So I started there in 2004 as an associate and then became a partner a few years later and then took over completely in 2010. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's good man i've got a good team there we do we do good good quality care and yes yeah, it's, it's a long-standing practice in the community so it's good man I, i'm kind of used to everybody there i've got generations of patients with me now you know i've got people that come to me when they were three and now they're like off to go in uni and they've completely grown and oh, it's, it's good to see they're kind of you know they're changing your patient base and things so yeah that's mm-hmm. that and outside of dentistry um i do a bit of music and stuff <laughs> um and I've, I've always been involved in music i've got a musical kind of family and my dad was a musician and i learned a lot of stuff from him growing up and yeah i started kind of rapping and emceeing things in my teens in the uk garage scene <laughs> and then used some of that ability combined it with dentistry and created the singing dentist accidentally and um, that was about five years ago Oh, and here we are still kind of going and still doing bits and bobs here and there and it's opened up a lot of doors for me and created a lot of opportunities for me to do some cool stuff man so I guess that's that's why I'm here now talking to you yeah, on your lovely podcast yeah. I can't I can't believe it's only been five years because I feel like you've been around as a singing dentist for forever we, we were talking before we started recording about the first ever sort of song parody that you did and I think yeah. if it was five years ago I had just qualified so I was in that role of just starting as an NHS dentist so everything wow. you said was so relatable to me and I, I remember <laughs> seeing that video and I was just laughing my head off the whole time um yeah so- it was a good one that one and it, and again like I say it was an accident I mean that really was the, the start of singing dentist it was pure accident the patient didn't turn up for endo and I had about 45 minutes on my hands and I was like well you know I sent my nurse out for a break and a hotline bling by drake started playing on the radio and i just started freestyling along because i always kind of did that anyway with my musical background and things i just freestyled about nonsense and then i just started talking about endo and how like patients don't like it and we don't really like it as dentists and there's a lot of effort and you know the nhs and all this kind of stuff and i just started coming out with the lyrics on the spot and i thought it was quite funny so i recorded myself doing it after and then i sent it to a friend of mine who then uploaded it and the rest is history. People liked it. So I thought, okay, well, I can use the musical stuff, the creativity. Yeah. And instead of chatting about, you know, usual rap-based stuff, I thought I'd just talk about tea. And so it just kind of grew from there. And then, then it became a good outlet for me because I always had a lot of creative energy and I've always got music studios in the house. And I just thought, well, I could just put that energy into talking about dentistry. And if it helps to educate people, if it helps to raise the kind of fun side of dentistry a little bit, raise the profile a bit, then let's do it. And then that led on to loads of stuff like TV and media and all the rest of it because it started to go viral and gaining traction. So that's what I'm saying. It opened up so so many doors for me to do such cool stuff. And at the same time, help a lot of people. Like my inbox has started becoming crazy full of messages from patients and people and just telling, you know, asking me stuff about their teeth, which they could quite easily ask their own dentist, but they were just reaching out to me because I guess I'd given them a face that was non-threatening and fun. Mm -hmm. 
engaging for them so yeah it was it was it's a great time and I'm, I'm so blessed that it's still happening it's still going a lot of viral things come along happen and disappear and they yeah. don't hear from yeah. people again yeah. and to have longevity and kind of still be able to do it and still go viral like five years later I mean I just did one literally last week it was like a parody of a drill record which is out now and all the pages posted it again it did some mad numbers and it kind of went again and everyone's talking about me again so it's just one of those things man I, I like the fact that I can completely let it disappear and then still come back with something and people are still what you know happy to hear it there was one comment on there though which cracked me up it was like anyone else sad to see the gray hairs in the beard i was like oh, oh. my god <laughs> yeah i'm sad to see the gray hairs in the beard <laughs> so that's one thing that's happened in five years my beard definitely got more salt and pepper i should say for sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, i'm still very lucky man that people like it and and i can still use that platform to to yeah. educate and inspire and and bring some happiness to people that's ultimately what it's about right bringing smiles whether it's with my dentistry or it's with my singing dentist stuff that's kind of what I feel like I've been put on earth to do, man. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think it's so important to have a friendly, relatable face as a dentist, because as we know, everyone hates us. The first thing people say when they come in is, I hate the dentist. No offense, but I hate the dentist. Yeah. I think it's so important what you do yeah. because you're relatable, you're very funny, and it's it's just bringing a different aspect of our profession to, to the public. But you, you talked about having a musical family and I listened to you on other podcasts and I know that you speak about your father who was in music a lot. So why, why go into dentistry if you had a musical um, background and you'd like that kind of stuff? How, how did dentistry come into it? So basically in Iran, so I was born in Iran and um, I came to the UK when I was five. My mum's side are from Rasht, right? Which is like the kind of northern part of Iran. And um, they have a a sort of ceremony thing they do where they put the baby on the floor when the baby's kind of just starting to like get into solid foods and teething and stuff it's like a ceremony right so they put the baby on the floor and in front of the baby there's loads of things that symbolize a profession so there'll be like a ball for like you know sportsmen there'll be some like wood for carpentry or there'll be something for engineering blah blah blah. and they actually had like a an empty kind of syringe no needles obviously we're not we're not barbaric (laughs) but there was a a empty syringe right and that symbolizes medical profession or that kind of thing. And basically, whatever you put the baby down and whatever the baby plays with the most, it's like destined to be that for the rest of its life, right? And it's a bit of a fun thing. All the family gather around and, and, and kind of do it. And literally, I played with the syringe only, like the whole time. I was just fascinated by the way that I got blowing the air out of it, pushing the air out of it and stuff. <laughs> and that's basically all I played with. So from then on, my son is going to be doctor. <laughs> That's basically what, <laughs> what happened in the household. So I guess growing up, I was always told, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. Yeah. So then, you know, when you're like four years old and someone says, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. Not really knowing what on earth that means, right? So... That's kind of what's always always in my mind. And when we came out here, luckily I was, you know, quite good and I was quite academic and I was good at the science stuff. So it kind of helped. Like if I was horrible at science, that that dream would have probably ended. But uh, I was I was good at science and I enjoyed it. And you know, my mom and dad kept kind of supporting me with that or kind of, you know, <laughs> promoting that in, in my <laughs> lifetime, which I'm sure you've probably experienced as well. So um then when it came time to actually make a choice, I guess it's around the time when you're, you know, you're looking at GCSEs, like what GCSEs am I going to do? But then you're looking at what A-levels you're going to choose mm-hmm. because that really will govern what you do at uni, right? And then it's time to do your UCAS form and you're like 15, 16 thinking, blimey, I've got to make a decision here, potentially what I'm going to do with the rest of my life at such a young age when you mm-hmm. should just be out playing with your friends and, you know, kicking ball and you're now deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life. So we did work experience. They encouraged us to do work experience. So that's when I went, um, we had a family friend who was a MaxFac and he arranged for me to shadow one of his uh, MaxFac colleagues in Poole Hospital. And I went on call with them. Literally, I lasted like a day. I, I just thought, blimey, this is not for me, man. The medical side of it, the being on call, the hours you've got to put in, I thought yeah. that is not for me. Absolutely not. I was always very focused on, I knew I wanted to have a family and kind of, my dad was a businessman as well, very entrepreneurial. He was always kind of hustling and making stuff happen here and lots of networking. And that's kind of my personality. So I thought that in that hospital system, I just don't think that's for me. Mm-hmm. But then I, he then arranged for me to do some dental uh, kind of work experience. And that I really loved. I went in and I was like, right, this is kind of office space. Like you go to a place, you're there from nine to five or six or whatever. Then you go home. You're still helping people. You're still using the science. I was always really good with my hands. I get to use that manual dexterity. I get to interact with people, which is the part I really love. And I'm doing something that helps. It just seemed like a perfect profession. 
So that's why I got into dentistry. And then, yeah, got into dental school and carried on. But the music never left. From like, I remember the first day in secondary school, they had like a talent show. Not the first day, but in the first year. They had a talent show for all the first year kids. And you had to kind of do something. And I got together with a couple of my friends and we performed Informa, which I don't know if you're young enough to remember but it was a, it was like a, a record in the 90s it was like in farmer you know so yeah, yeah, I yeah. Go, hey, yeah. I lick it boom boom down yeah so I'm like 11 my voice hadn't even broken I'm on stage like in farmer you rapping along to this song and my friend was doing the beatbox and we killed it man we smashed it <laughs> so literally from like a young age I was performing I was doing stuff I used to mimic Michael Jackson so I could kind of dance and stuff and growing up in Iran that's, that's all I had, like, in the kind of, you know, while the war was going on and there was all the madness in Iran. We just had, like, Western videos. And I used to watch Michael Jackson. I used to watch Breakdance. I used to watch that kind of stuff and emulate it. So I guess that's where my entertainment side came. So it always stuck with me. So even though I was doing dentistry, I was still emceeing. I was still making tunes. I was still, you know, involved in music, man. And, and that's yeah. still carrying on to today. So that's, that's how dentistry re- happens. That's really, really admirable because I think coming from a Persian background, I think our parents always, and, and generally the, the community is always like, you know, you have to be a doctor, a doctor or an engineer or a failure. Like that, those are the three options you have. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure really out dentistry is, is failure if it counts as being a tooth doctor. But um, I, I think it counts. No, think? I think it counts. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We're, we're good, man. We're good. <laughs> But that's the thing I never know because my parents aren't the type to force you into it but they kind of gently I guess encourage you and support you uh, but you know I did dentistry my brother did medicine and I'm always trying to figure out if we actually chose them or if we were kind of forced into it very softly yeah and and you're right in that in terms of the kind of forcing or the encouraging I think it is a lot of encouragement like regardless I think of whatever we end up doing certainly my parents were the same I can't speak obviously for everyone's parents but I think my, my parents would have been happy proud you know of of whatever I had chosen to do however obviously parents want always the best for their children right Mm -hmm. and I think with the music side because my dad had followed music as a youngster and he was actually quite prolific in Iran he did a lot of gigs and he knows a lot of the like Iranian sort of artists he's performed with so many of them you know back in the day and for him it, it was such a difficult thing and obviously music is very uh, unpredictable you could be super hot one day and completely forgotten about if you look at the people that have survived the music for a long 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 time for the amount of people that try it's it's very disproportionate right one person makes yeah. it out of thousands hundreds of thousands so it's a very difficult thing a lot of time it just takes luck it takes luck to make it but it takes talent to stay there right and you've got to have both and just having talent is not enough having luck is not enough you've got to get both at the right time and and I I guess looking back maybe I was destined to do this maybe it was the music and the dentistry you know if I stuck with the music maybe nothing would have ever happened but the fact that I'm a dentist already puts me in my own lane I'm not competing with anyone else because there's there's other dentists don't do what I do and musicians can't do what I do so I'm in my own lane you see what I mean? So I guess everything yeah. happens for a reason. I'm a very, very, very strong believer of that. Very strong believer. Everything happens for a reason. And that's why you can never have any regrets for any decisions you've made because it's led you to that point you're at now. And if you're alive and you're good and you're healthy and you're happy, all those decisions you've made have put you in that position that you're at now. So for me, I guess that's what it was It was meant to be. Yeah. See, with, with dentistry, I think it's really difficult to try and figure out what you want to do because you don't necessarily have to do what everyone else is doing. With me, I spent a while, I did max fax, I did six days a week, 12 hours a day, and it just, I was miserable. I was really, really miserable. And I was like, this isn't for me. Whereas before that, I was like, to make it to be successful, you have to do clinical dentistry 24 seven. Then I kind of pulled back a bit, took took a little while off to just kind of think about the stuff and what I want to do for my personality. And I'm now working two days a week and the rest of the time I can do all this other stuff that I want to do. My family initially started calling it clowning or but they're now a little bit more supportive of it. You know, they understand it a little bit more. And it's not to say like with everything that you've done, for example, you've had an incredible impact doing the dentistry, but all this extracurricular stuff that I call it as well. So it's not that you have to be in the clinic 24-7 to be successful, to have an impact. But I think to make that decision is, is not easy. And a lot of people might have a lot of commitments, be it financial or otherwise, that kind of stops them from doing that. So 
I know you work one day a week. You you have even an even better life than I do with working one day one day a week. But how did you go from? Because I assume you were working full time beforehand for a while before you you did that. So how did you go from doing full time clinical dentistry to being like actually I'm going to step back a little bit and and give time and attention to all this other stuff I want to do. So. That decision kind of happened quite early on in my career. So when I started in the job, obviously, as an associate working in the NHS, I was working a lot, working hard. It was just me and the, the previous principal doing a whole heap of UDAs in that place, man. And actually, so when I qualified, I had a, a year or so, um, a couple of years, actually, before the UDA system came in. So I was on like a fee item thing from 20, 2004 to 2006. It all came in, right? So when the UDA thing came in, we just kind of carried on. And I put in a lot of hours, a lot of work, a lot of training. I did loads of courses, you know, like what everybody does. They want to progress their career. But for me, the business side of dentistry was always an important element to learn and understand. And that's where I put a lot of effort in as well. And I always had a vision for what my clinic would be like. And I always knew I wanted to step back. Even from an early age, I knew I wanted to be able to be in a position where I can step back and delegate dentistry. Because I think a clinic where you're treated by someone that loves that specific thing is is in my opinion the best way to be a general dentist i didn't love everything and you know i've got friends that are general dentists that literally love everything they love mm. the variety of it which is fantastic but for me the other issue was i didn't love one thing enough to become a specialist in it mm -hmm. so there'd be times where i quite enjoy endo for a while and then i was just oh god no i don't fancy anymore and so if I was an endodontist, I'd be stuffed. You know, there's other times where you do a lot of perio. I was like enjoying perio for ages. I'm like, this is so cool, man. Perio is this, this proper important work here. And then you just get a bit bored of it. Like, blimey, if I was a periodontist, mate, wow, I'd be stuffed now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So for me, I didn't like one thing enough, but at the same time, I didn't like all of it enough. Mm. So I knew I wanted to get to a stage where the bit I liked the most genuinely is the human interaction bit. It's the meeting the patients. It's the consult. It's that first visit. It's the person walking in who's unsure or nervous or slightly apprehensive. And then within an hour, I make them happy, smiley, confident in their treatment plan, happy to be in the dental practice, you know, completely change them around. And then you see that transformation in the person that walked into the person, person that walks out. That for me is, is gold. That's what I love. Then the actual getting in their mouth and doing the work, if they need an endo, I'd rather have an endo person in my team who's really good at it, that loves it, and then I'd get them to do that element. I'd rather have someone who loves their restorative. Boom. You need 25 crowns. Come and see this person here because they really enjoy that kind of work and they're great at it, right? So that, for me, was my vision for my clinic, and that's what I wanted to kind of create. So when I took over the practice, I put in steps to do that so then I could spend time doing the bits I liked, and then I could delegate to my team. And getting the right team in place was the first key part. So I'm pretty confident I've, I've got that in my practice now. The next thing then was having the trust to kind of pull away and delegate. Within dentistry, I think we all have an element of OCD, right? Yeah. We all have an element of wanting to control things. So to give up that control to other people can be very difficult. And you've got to really trust your team. And at times I've had, I'm not saying it's been all rosy. Absolutely not. You get some team members that you, you bring them into your team. You think they're cool. And then you find out stuff and like, Meh, time for you to go, bro. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be a part of this team. So <clears throat> it's taken time to get there, but now I'm really good at delegating. Like I used to do everything. I'd order the stock. I'd stock check. I would, do all the CQC stuff. Da, 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 da. It was madness. And I was just like, this is way too much, man. I can't do all this on my own. So I started delegating bits to the nurses. You know, we had a person who was a bit more managerial, but not an actual practice manager. So she would do some of the bits. So delegating is another key skill. So getting the right team and then having the trust to delegate to them. So then you know when you're not there, things aren't falling apart. Mm -hmm. Right. And the next thing was a slow transition. So I didn't just go from, you know, four or five days a week to one day a week. And actually the decision came when my children were born. It wasn't anything to do with the singing dentist thing. So when my daughter was born, like seven years ago, I was like, cool, I'm going to drop a day for sure. Cause I want to be around as much as possible mm -hmm. for, for my daughter. And I don't want to miss any stages in her life. So I dropped a day. Uh, actually at that time I was doing three and a half, uh, no, four and a half days. So I dropped a day. So I went to like three and a half. Then the singing dentist thing started bubbling up and I was like, okay, this is cool. I want to spend a bit more time developing that and, you know, doing stuff for it and opportunities were coming in left, right, and center. So I dropped another day for like two and a half days. Then when my son was born five years ago, I was like, right, I want another day off now. So I was doing like one and a half days. And actually 
that half day was just a bit useless. And I was like, you know what? I, reckon I, could, I could squeeze everything into one day, go in early, leave late, don't kind of have any breaks, shift work the nurses so there isn't really a break. I could just do everything I need to do in a day. And that worked really well for a while. Now, I have to confess, I am kind of doing two days a week again because things, things have just got so busy. I've had, I've had to sacrifice another day to go in. <laughs> so, but I've split it up now. So I've just got one whole consult day and then I've yeah. got one kind of treatment, you know, routine day. So, uh, and then if I've got big, big cases, I'll go in on a Saturday and just bring in a nurse and we just open up the place and that's all we do there. We take our time and we, we zone out, we play, you know, good vibe music. We put the nice smells on in the clinic and I just vibe out, you know, so that, that can happen. So that's how I've been able to do it. It's been a slow transition, getting the right team and having the vision to put that plan in place and say, you know what, I want to do this over the next five years. Is really difficult and having a good patient base and explaining to them, this is what's happening. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to care for you guys, but I need time to dedicate to other things. And I'm so lucky because I've been there so long. Mm -hmm. my, my patients know me, man. They knew me when I had hair. So <laughs> they've come on a journey with me as well. So, I mean, as I've lost follicles, they've, they've, uh, I've had to take some time off. <laughs> so for them, they like it too as well you know my patients have been with me for so long they when they see me on the telly or when they they follow me on you know social media they they come in and they're done first and they say oh my god that last video did crack me up i was like, oh, I don't know, how are you but good which one and like, oh, do I, I did it like three months ago and that's the last <laughs> thing they saw you know but it's 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 fun when you get that and they're like oh and i see it in the comments sometimes he's my dentist he's fab and they're like shut <laughs> up he's not your dentist yeah he's my dentist like it's you know people are proud that i'm their dentist which is cool because you know, I've created this kind of online entity, right? So I'm very lucky in that I've had that rapport with patients as well. I think if you go to a new practice and you're there six months, you're like, dude, I want to work one day a week. I don't yeah. think that's going to work. You kind of have to have, you know, you have to put those things into place so that people, people trust you, people like you, and they, they understand if you want to take some time off, they can kind of wait for you then, you know, yeah. or they'll, they'll work with you and not just go, oh, forget this, I'm leaving the practice, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So that's yeah. basically how it's been. It's been a long road to get there, but I'm so happy and very lucky that I could do that now yeah yeah that's ideal that sounds like the ideal transition to go from working full-time to now taking over the practice because as we know you know with dentistry you do have that opportunity to focus more on the business side if that's that's what you prefer and I think that's ingrained in us from a Persian background it's like you have to have your own clinic when do we could like all my family from Iran are like when when can we come to your clinic and I'm like wait like give me some time I'm going to ask an awkward question now. Okay. Ooh. So, yeah. So as we know, dentistry can be, can be a lucrative career. Maybe it's not as good as it used to be, but maybe it can be. But would you say that um, doing all of the social media singing dentist stuff is kind of balancing with what it used to be like for you before? Because when when I when I'm doing two days a week, I'm lucky in that I don't have too many financial commitments. I don't have family to support. So I can afford to spend some time to just kind of make this happen make it what I want it to become but I know and I can appreciate that a lot of people are not in that position because they have families to support they have all this kind of stuff so how how has that been for you did you have to give it some serious consideration before you kind of drop down to one day and has this singing dentist stuff been kind of competing with that side for you so I don't think that's an awkward question, I'll be honest, because no. the awkward element is obviously money, right? People don't like talking about money and people kind of find it awkward to talk about money. I don't. I'm very kind of honest. And I think if you're going to help someone, you have to discuss those things as well, right? So for me, owning the practice is, is a big part of it because when I'm not there, it's not empty. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. associates there. And yeah. they're still working and they're still generating income. Yes, if I'm there, it's 100% income. But anyone that owns a business realizes it's never 100% income, right? You've always got costs. You've got so many costs now. Even mm. more than ever, we've got costs now. Stuff that you don't even think is a cost is a, is a cost now. So uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of it. And that's one element. As an associate, I can't see how that would work. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not there earning money with your hands, you're not earning money. Mm -hmm. So that's the first key difference. As a principal, when I'm not there, my clinic is still making money because other people are there. And although, yes, it's a, it's a reduced percentage of it, but it's still generating income. 
So that's the first element. Second element then is you have to weigh up the quality of life situation with making money. There's loads of people that make a whole heap of money that are mad depressed. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole heap of people that make no money and are super happy in life. So you've got to, it's a personal thing for you. For me, I knew, I've, I've, I've been very lucky to have a lot of successful friends and peers and people around me growing up. They've been in and out of my life, but I've, I've networked and I've met so many good people. And you have loads of good conversations, right? And there's all these very positive memes and things. And, you know, you are the product of your five friends. And, you know, if you <laughs> hang around with lose, if you have five loser friends, you are the sixth loser, right? There's all this type of stuff, right? But if you have five successful friends, you will be the sixth. There's all this type of stuff. It's very true, right? It's very true. So I've been lucky to be around a lot of people that have given me good advice. And one, one piece of advice a very wealthy man once gave me was look how much money is enough money like you can always make more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and just forget to enjoy it right so what he said to me was listen always in life have like five-year plans for yourself okay and decide what you want to do in those five years and make sure you make enough money to be able to do those things and then once you make that money enjoy it so have like a monthly target let's say you want to make x amount a month if that's going to pay all your bills and give you enough disposable income to enjoy the things. People love traveling. Cool. You want to go five holidays a year. Boom. Each holiday is going to cost you five grand. Cool. You need 25 grand a year on top of all your running stuff to do what you want to do. Make that calculation and then find a way to make 25 grand above what you want to do because you want to go on five holidays a year. Mm. That's kind of how I thought about it. I was like, right, what car do I kind of like? What house bills have I got? I've got stuff, right? This is the kind of figure I need a month. Let me get to that figure and I'm going to enjoy that figure. And then if I've got extra time, do I want to make more money or do I just want to enjoy the time? For me, it was in, let me enjoy the time mm. because I've hit that target. And I, I, I set a good target to hit. It wasn't just like a simple, easy one. I set a good one that still gave me the quality of life and gave me the things that I, the materialistic nonsense that I felt like I wanted at that time. Then a child comes along. Your, your costs increase, your priorities <laughs> change completely. Mm. So then I'm like, all right, I'll probably need to make some more money now because this, this little machine here is eating everything. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to have to pay for school at some point for this wonderful thing. So let me start planning for, for, for private school. And so you start thinking, okay, I need to make more money. And that's, that's the way I've always thought about it is how much money do I really need? All right, I want to make an investment. I want to get like an investment property. I need some deposit. Cool. Let me set that target for six months to a year to make sure I've got the money to do that. Mm-hmm. or whatever it might be right that's how I've always done it the the time that I don't spend in the clinic I'm spending on seeing dentist development because I see those extracurricular cur- cur- sorry activities as you said they can be lucrative I've got a lot again I've been very lucky to hang around with a lot of social media people that have dumped their careers completely for a social media career and are now making more money than any dentist I know and they made that choice. They took a massive risk to basically commit their life to making money on social media. But now they're making millions. If I give you, if if I was to tell you some of the income that some guys I know are making, it would blow your mind from making videos. That's it. Put it on social media. That is it. So I don't think I could ever go to that level because I'm still a dentist, right? And there's certain things that they do on their videos that I would never be able to do. Professional conduct and professional standards that we are governed by. But it works for them and they make a whole heap of money out of it. So you've always got to, I think, be mindful of what you want to do and the long term of it. I see a lot of potential. I've been very lucky to work with some very big brands at the Singing Dentist. And the brand deals that my management have negotiated for me and got for me have been very lucrative, touch wood. So that's given me that extracurricular income to supplement maybe the loss of income in the thing but if i'm honest with you i'll tell you something i managed to actually make more money in a period of time by not being at the clinic than i was at the clinic and i was in a happier place as well so that's again yeah absolutely and it is possible but you've got to put in the work this is the thing that people don't see people don't see the hours that i put in people don't see the time away from the family that I put in. People just don't, you don't know, maybe appreciate sometimes all the yeah. work that goes into doing all this extra social media stuff. And they just see the product, which is a 30 second video. Yeah. But yeah. You don't see the hours and the, the commitment and the sacrifices that have been made to make that 30 second video happen. And then when you get some, you get something off the back of that, 
that's the fruits of your labor. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's a tough one, man. It's a risky business, especially for associates, because yeah. that supplementing of income, I think, is is tough. It's yeah. tricky, but you've got you've got you've got to do what makes you happy, man. You've got to follow your heart sometimes. You know, and take some risks. Otherwise, you'll never know what could have happened. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I think it's very much it very much depends on the person. So, if you want to do five days a week or six days, seven days a week, even clinical dentistry, great. But I agree with you because I consider specializing. I was like, look, I don't think I like anything enough to just do that. And general yeah. dentistry, I love it. But some of it really drives you crazy if you can't do something really well. So it's good to try and delegate. And then you have to find out what your strengths are, what your passions are, and what you like. And then eventually, so with me, I was taking a leap of faith. And then hopefully, eventually, that will lead to something. And it will it will be very, very slow initially. And you will doubt it probably probably you had doubts as well at the beginning when you were doing it and it eventually it'll start to pay off but you have to have faith in that process because it's not a quick thing it's not an overnight thing and I think with social media often people unless they're doing it themselves they don't appreciate how much time actually goes on um, behind the scenes and like you said we all have OCD we're all perfectionists and control freaks so even the tiniest thing you know you might want to record that video all over again Um, so it's a lot of time that goes on behind the scenes that people don't appreciate Absolutely. And you know what? The key thing, though, is being authentic with it and really enjoying that process. Mm. That's why I say it's not for everyone. Right. If you feel like it is work for sure, you have to classify it as work. So when people say, hey, you know, you only work one day a week. No, I work yeah. five days a week. bro. Yeah. It's, I, I'm just in the clinic one day a week. So that's a different. That's a different thing. Um, it is work. But it's work that I enjoy. It's work that I love. When I'm when I'm on set and I'm doing stuff, I'm truly happy. It's exhausting. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's you literally come after a full day's filming, and I am knackered. I'm finished. Way more tired than I am doing a full day clinic. Yeah. Yeah. I could work eight hours in a clinic, and I'd come home and I kind of be all right. Even with these FFP3 masks where you can't breathe, I, I'm mm-hmm. tired. I've got a bit of a headache, but I'm cool. Coming home after eight hours of filming, you are finished it's, it's exhausting work yeah, yeah. yeah it's exhausting work because you constantly have to keep turning it on and then all right cut you know like, oh god and yeah. like, you kind of pass yeah. and then you're like right ready for another take and you turn so you're you're so up and down all day yeah. it's difficult and then there's a lot of waiting around for like your scene there's a lot of you know and then especially the live stuff i've done on tv that is that's nail biting man because you're live to millions of people and you get almost no prep whatsoever and it's always at like five o'clock in the morning <laughs> so it's, yeah it's it's hard man it's hard and, and I thrive in that I love that I love being in that position and, and I yeah. perform really, really well in that kind of environment but that's what I'm saying it's not for everyone you know I would never tell everyone go on social media and be be you know smash it you'll smash it because you won't if that's not in your personality and that's not in your ability there's things you can learn and of course you can bring in teams of people that can help you and make great content for you and help you with that but what you see on my socials is a proper reflection of me as a as, mm. as a person it's so authentic it's it, i'm not acting i'm genuinely that if you meet yeah. me in real life you'll see i'm genuinely the same person so um it's it's easy for me and i love it and i enjoy it that's why i kind of do it and that's why i give it the time it needs that's why i give it the dedication for other people like you said five days a week in the clinic that's that's what they love yeah boom you need people like that otherwise everyone there'll be no one in the bloody clinic to treat the pain. they'll all be on their phones making silly videos so <laughs> so you know it, it's it's that's that's the beauty of life we're all different and we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses so yeah, yeah. so for me it just allows us to express that i guess a bit better So this thing, because I experienced this a lot. So when I chose to do two days clinical dentistry and I knew the rest of it wasn't for me, at least not by now, I had a lot of FOMO. So I had a lot of uh, doubts where I was comparing myself to other people and being like, am I doing the right thing? Am I just wasting my time on all of this stuff? Did you ever have FOMO? Uh, FOMO of what? Of of being in a clinic? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) No way. So FOMO, I mean, FOMO is a thing, right? Um, yeah. For sure. I think, I've, I've, for sure, I've had FOMO in certain things. Like I'll see, I guess, 
you know what for me it's it's probably music is is the biggest like FOMO like when I see some events happening and like I couldn't go to that event or whatever I'm like oh man that's annoying you know I, I should have gone to that now yeah so that's the kind of stuff I never get dental FOMO like okay. ever yeah uh, but kind of FOMO and other things yeah I think it depends on why you gave it up right so if I didn't go to that event because it was my you know daughter's birthday then there's absolutely no FOMO whatsoever yeah. Yeah. there's no question what the priority years right so i guess it's a case of putting things in context why didn't you do that thing well because you were doing this other thing mm. and that other thing will pay off and you'll forget that thing that you had a fomo for because it will just pale into insignificance once you then see the reason why if you if you're getting fomo for something because you just ain't put the work in and other people are smashing it and you're not well then you need to kind of look at yourself and, and have a chat with yourself in the mirror and say listen it's time to up your game man you can't hate on other people when you're not putting in the work, right? Yeah. So I think you just got to, first thing, never compare yourself to anybody else. And I know, again, that's another one of those meme things that pop up, you know. Yeah. You, you, there's a picture of you in the mirror. You should, there's only one person I compete with, and that's myself, right? There's all them kind of stuff. But I have a bunch of them saved in my Instagram. Yeah, I have perfect. from moments. So. <laughs> yeah. Motivational Monday post. Here we come. <laughs> Gives you some content on a Monday. So, <laughs> but it's kind of true. It's kind of yeah. true, right? You shouldn't really compare yourself to other people because you don't know the, the journey they've been on. You don't know the path yeah. that they, they've been on, right? I'm, I'm very, again, lucky. What you should do is use that as an inspiration, yeah. not as a, as a debilitating thing. And I talk about this. Actually, I, I kind of lecture a bit on social media and, you know, kind of marketing for dentists and things. And social media is a, a, a big part of it, right? Mm. And there is, there is a big thing where, some people it's how you view things right you can either look at something and be inspired by it mm. and want to kind of achieve that and reach that level or you can see something and be intimidated by it or be demoralized by it mm. and that happens in dentistry too you know you get people that post stunning cases and there's two mindsets one mindset you look at that and go wow that is sick that guy smashed it I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I can get to that level or at least aspire to be like that. Yeah. Let me see what this person's done. What courses have they done? Are they teaching a course themselves? Boom. Let me go learn from this guy. Yeah. That is amazing. Or, or girl or lady. Let me go yeah. learn from them because this is amazing work. The other school of thought, they'll see that and go, I'm never going to be like that, man. Yeah. Jesus. I, I, I'm never going to get to that level. Blimey. Demoralized by it. Or it turns into, Hey, that's Photoshop, bruv. Yeah. There's no way he's done that. <laughs> yeah. And then that kind of that that negative thought you have turns into envy or hate or jealousy or trolling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That happens a lot. And I think you need to kind of have a word with yourself and turn that mindset into the first one. When you see someone else doing a good job, be like, wow, smashed it. Let me learn from this. But let me reach out. You smashed it. That is yeah. beautiful. How did you do it? You know, I'd love to be able to do this. That's the way that I've always looked at stuff. So I get it with the, the content. I look at some piece of content. I go, boy, that content is sick. I want to know how they did that. So I reach out to my videographer guy and go, bro, can we do something like that? That's yeah. boom. I want to do that. Or yeah. how can I how can I take that and make it dental? Yeah. Make it relevant to my audience, right? So I'm always in, inspired by other people. And I'm big people up all the time. I show love all the time. Because you can only get love back if you show love to other people. Yeah. If you help... If you help other people, people are only going to help you if you're willing to help other people. And yeah. it just puts you in that positive mind frame. It puts you in that sharing mind frame, man. And if you're not in that, you're not going to get it. It's not yeah. going to come back to you if, you, yeah. if you're not able to do that for other people. See, that's a really healthy mindset. But I feel like you, there's almost like a really, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a thin line between those two mindsets. So on a good day, you might be in that healthy mindset. But on a Absolutely. bad day, say you've had a crap day at the clinic, you, you're likely to go more into that negative mindset. So I think it, you, we have to do a lot of work mentally to try and stay in that healthy mindset, at least the majority of time. On a, a, a very majority of time. And, and you're absolutely right. Again, it is that mindset, right? It's about having a positive mindset for the minute you wake up. So again, that's something else I talk about. And I think, again, I've been very lucky that I've got a good you know, group of people around me. Um, that's the first thing you know isolating yourself is one of the biggest mistakes I think we mm -hmm. can make a dentistry can be very very solitary career you can end up in the same room for a long time doing the same things looking at the same team of people so your extracurricular activities are so important 
important your hobbies your you know mm. your things you do for your own mental well-being and your physical well-being your friends your peers your family you've got to have people around you you've got to have people that you can completely zone out from mm. I, I live 25 miles from my clinic so that half an hour drive home mm. is my attachment time completely yeah. so by the time I get home I don't think about patients at all I don't bring my work home with me. So that that kind of physical distance thing allows me that time to switch off. People that literally live five minutes from their job, that's got to be hard to detach from when you walk yeah, past yeah. your clinic or you go to pick up milk and you bump into five patients. Yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah? yeah. So for me, I'm able to, to detach. Um, my wife keeps me so grounded. My kids put everything into perspective for me. My mom and dad are super good at, not gassing me up ever so <laughs> you know and I've got really good friends man I've got a really close network of friends that I could reach out to with any problems and I'll get five opinions immediately back that I trust mm-hmm. and I know those five opinions are in my best interest mm-hmm. so hopefully all five say the same thing sometimes they all say different things then it's down to me to kind of think you know what's the way to go right yeah. so it's about having that network, man. You can't, you can't be by yourself in this, in this day and age. And, and that positive mindset, it's about from the minute you wake up. And even if you have a crappy day, putting things into perspective because tomorrow will be different and you learn from all the crappy stuff mm-hmm. that happened that day. And you use yeah. that to make sure you don't have another crappy day. What would you say to younger dentists who are just starting out on their journey? Because I know I I get a lot of messages from young dentists being like, I don't know what to do. You know, I have FOMO. I'm comparing myself to everyone else. This isn't for me or whatever they're going through. What would be your general? I know it's difficult to give general advice that's going to fit everyone. But what would be your advice to them? Now, that is a good question. So what in terms of like career development or personal development or just kind how of, they know, should view life and how they should make the decisions okay. be it their personal professional life balancing it oh. together so young dentist right okay mm-hmm. the first thing you've got to realize is and hopefully you know taking out all things of accidents or the the craziness of life right let's say we're all hoping and assuming we're in this for a long time right mm-hmm. dentistry is a career it's not mm-hmm. a job mm-hmm. so you could do this for the next 30, 40 years. So the first thing is you don't have to rush. So many young dentists come out and they want to do implants tomorrow. They want to do 20 veneers on a patient in a week. And they, they think they've got that manual dexterity and that clinical skill to do it. Look, Lewis Hamilton didn't become an F1 driver the, the day he got his driving license. Mm. He's put in hours of work and he, he used to drive go-karts. Right. And then from go-karts, you move up to next car, to next car, next car, until you become an F1 driver. So take your time is my first key thing I tell people. You're in this for the long run. Don't compare yourself to who you compare yourself to. If you compare yourself to a graduate that's also come out and is in exactly the same situation as you, they're not going to be doing 25 veneers to the next day either. But if you want to compare yourself to a dentist that's been doing it for 15 years, then don't. Because you're never going to be on that yeah, level the, yeah. the first day you qualify. You will get to that level, hopefully, in five years, 10 years, two years, depending on how good you are and how much time and effort you put into it. But that's the first thing. Take your time. Second thing is make investments. And investment in yourself is the key. So invest in your communication skills because that is going to be your ability to do dentistry. If you can't communicate to a patient, if you can't make a patient feel comfortable when they first walk in, doesn't matter how good your clinical skill is mm. you'll never get to perform it mm. so invest in your communication skills and then invest in the skills that you want to improve upon and progress upon and learning new things and whenever you learn something new try and apply it as soon as possible because i've done it you go on a course and you don't do a case for like months and then you fall out and you're like geez i can't remember what i learned on the course now then you have to do a refresher and then yeah. so always have a patient booked for something before you do the course for it so you can immediately practice, right? That's, okay. that's, I think, key. The next thing is have a good, like I said, network of people around you. Have a good team of people around you so that you can bounce ideas off them, so that you can 
all learn from each other. Now, obviously, nowadays, when you qualify, you're in that kind of FD system, right? And mm. we kind of had that with ET. There's a lot of people that are around you that can become your colleagues and your peers. Dentistry is a very small community in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. You'll see the same people again and again if you put yourself out there. So put yourself out there, meet people, interact with people. You know, you can use social media. There's a bunch of young dentists that are so active on social media and they're great, man. I've got to know a lot of them and they're positive, man. And that's, that's a good thing for the future of our industry to know that there's so many good, young, energetic people. I just think some of them and quite a few of them I've seen are very eager to do everything immediately. Mm. But, you know, there's that the older school dentists that have issues with the younger ones. The main thing they've got issues with is that, you know, people ain't earning their stripes, right? They're not putting in the work. You've mm. got to kind of still, it's great to have all them aspirations, but, you know, let's, let's all walk before we kind of, running a little bit sometimes right so that's that goes back to my first point take your time and learn your craft learn your skill all the other stuff will come with come in time another thing i know this is something that we used to do in uni and every time we said let's do one everyone would go oh god long who wants to do that genuinely it's personal development plans right (laughs) i used to think what a waste of time this nonsense is yeah this is rubbish who's gonna follow this rubbish but they actually kind of help you know yeah and it's 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 in one way or another. Again, all those social media guys I talked about, they've absolutely smashed it. You know, vision boards. They've mm. all had a vision board and they'll write some stuff on the wall and every day they'll look at that and go, you know what? Everything I'm doing now is because I'm mm. going to achieve these things here. And putting a tick next to a goal is one of the best feelings. You get so many endorphins released when you tick off a task. Yeah? Now, if that task is taking you two years to tick it off, think of the elation and the satisfaction you get when you tick that when off, you tick it off right you know what i mean so give yourself goals now whether that isn't a pdp for five years or your five-year plan or whatever give yourself goals and make them aspirational but achievable look if your goal is to become the president of the united states all right is that achievable oh no man probably not for me because you know born in iran i don't think that's ever gonna happen i can't even get in the country right now so <laughs> so you know but <laughs> owning a clinic in five years time okay that could be achievable let's put the balls in you know put 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 the the balls in motion wheels in motion sorry yeah let's put the wheels in motion the balls in play so that we can get to that goal in five years time that's the kind of thing i'm saying so goal setting is is important as well because you could just drift through life for other people that carry a bag in the wind is how they want to live they just mm. drift through life and they float. And that's boom as well. That's good for them. Again, like I say, we need people like that to drift along and, and just, you know, fill in where there's gaps in the world. But there's other people that are driven and they just need, you need a goal. Yeah. Otherwise, you can just get a bit lost. So those would be probably the things of straight off the top of my head. I'm sure I could come up with way more stuff if I waffled on for any longer. But I reckon that, that's probably a good start. <laughs> that's really good. I'm going to go make a vision board today. I've heard about this today, but I think my thing is that I'm scared. My The control freak in me is scared that what if I don't achieve those things on my vision boards? That's what I'm scared of. That's what's stopping failure. me. Failure. You're, you're afraid of failure. And that mm. is, it, it, that, that should be feedback for you, man. There is no failure. There's yeah. only feedback. So, and the best things happen right on the other side of your comfort zone. If you stay in your comfort zone the whole time, you're just going to just achieve the same stuff you're achieving now. Yeah. And that's cool. Again, some people love to live in their comfort zone, man, and that's cool. But if you really want to do some outstanding things and you want to yeah. push, push the boundaries, you've got to come out of your comfort zone. You've got to give yourself some goals and you've got to say, well, look, I might not achieve that goal, but I'm going to learn a lot while I'm trying to get there, yeah. while I'm getting there. And don't even use the word try, because try implies you're going to fail. Mm. So. I stopped saying try a long time ago. Oh, mate, mate, can you make it? Yeah, I'll try. That immediately means I'm probably not coming, bruv. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's what I, I say, say when I don't want to make something. I'll try and make yeah. it. That means I'm not coming. <laughs> because you 100% know you're not going to do it, right? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Don't you try it on yourself. Yeah? yeah. You know what? I'm going to try and make that happen. No, 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 no. You, you lose the try and just say the same sentence. I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. That completely changes the mindset and completely changes your ability to, to vision, visualize it, right? And that's why vision boards are good because when you see that, you visualize what is happening, right? A friend, of, again, and I'm on the social media guys, they wrote themselves a check for one million pounds and they looked at this check constantly and that has now come to fruition. I'm going to do so, that now. 
I'm telling you, <laughs> do it. Visualizing, it's so difficult to make something happen if you can't properly visualize it happening. Yeah. So these are all the things that I think young dentists need to do. You know, get visualize what they want to achieve, get it written down, have a goal for it, and take your time. It's not a it's not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. I've got some okay. friends that for the first five to ten years of their life, they were just continuing studying, 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 working hard 20 hours you know a day that's not even enough time to sleep they were putting in mad work and now in the past four or five years they're absolutely killing it killing it yeah and that's because they put in the work man so take your time you know hopefully you're going to be on this earth for a long time and you can enjoy you can enjoy the rewards Lovely. Thank you so much. I think that's given us, that's given everyone something to do. I'm going to go make my vision board today and I'm sure everyone's going to go out and also I'll write the million, million pound check as well. Just, just, you know, you never know. You never know. (laughs) It'd be good. I mean, look, you can always change the pound to like rupees or something. (laughs) Toman. Toman is boom. Change it to Toman. That's fine. A million Tomans we can do. (laughs) He's light work, but I think I might have that in my wallet. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, put, put a million, a million pound, all good, man. You can, you can, you'll get there. I'm sure you'll get there. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been Honestly, such a wonderful no, It's been really good. Sorry, it's taking so long to kind of get this, get this in in motion and get it planned. And also, I want to say you're doing great work on socials as well, man. I see all your videos, Thank and it's great you. to see, you know, your personality comes through in all your videos, and and that's that's what we need, man. You obviously have a personality. And you're not afraid to kind of show it. So please keep keep doing it and keep sticking with it, man. It's great. And hopefully we'll do some content together someday as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so Once much. Once lockdown is lifted, we can actually definitely. get in a room. Then we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do some bits. Thank you so much for listening today. I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed recording it and I cannot wait to listen back to it. Um, Dr. Milad really is the singing dentist as he said him and the singing dentist are basically one so it was such a wonderful experience to record this episode with him and I really hope you enjoyed that don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode please feel free to message me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manucheri As always, there will be a new episode every week, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode, and I can't wait to speak to you soon.